Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I'm broadcasting from, I think, again, somehow or another, I've managed to be put in a nice hotel room. I'm looking out at the city. I'm looking out at downtown. I can see one of the bridges in the distance. I can see part of the Brooklyn Bridge over there and the, whatever the one is further down. I don't know what that is. Wait, maybe that's the Brooklyn Bridge. And right here is the uh, the other one. What is it? All right, doesn't matter. So look, today on the show, uh, I'm going to talk to Aaron Blaby. Aaron Blaby is the author of the Bad Guys books. He's Australian, uh, and he tried his hand at a bunch of other stuff, like acting, art, advertising. He did okay in a lot of different things. Uh, his the, the, the whole writing children's book thing didn't take off until he was in his 40s, and now he sold over 30 million books. And I don't know, I met him at one of the press events and I thought, well, hell, this would be an interesting conversation, an interesting story, the way someone's creativity kind of finds its way if you stick with it, if you can handle your own talent without having it strangle you from the inside, uh, you know, maybe you'll land, maybe you'll land. If you don't let your talent kill you, if your talent doesn't turn on you and decide that it needs more than you can give, maybe it'll land somewhere where you can handle it and learn how to work with it and uh, understand its limitations and uh, you'll find some satisfactory or satisfying life for yourself. But sadly, if you're very talented, uh, that satisfaction generally is fleeting. That's just my experience, and I'm not even talking about me. So I'm recording this a couple of days earlier than it's going to be posted, and last night I did the Tonight Show, and I'm assuming that today, you know, something horrendous didn't happen while I did it that has become clickbait internationally. Uh, I don't think that happened. I don't know how it went. I can't address that because I'm recording this the day that I'm going to do it. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see Jimmy because Jimmy uh, is a good audience. Whatever anyone has to say about Jimmy Fallon, when you do that show, uh, I've grown to like it more than all the shows, really, because he's excited for you to make him laugh. He he was he'll just look at you and and he's like, "What do you got? Is this gonna happen?" And uh, and then you do it. It's a, it it pushes you to be funny. So if it being funny is important uh, to you, I think uh, Fallon's a pretty pretty great host because he just he's like you know I you, I don't even need to talk. You just be funny and then I'll throw a couple funny things in. That's what they're supposed to do. So. 
I want to thank everybody who's come out for these last few dates. There's a string of dates that I've done in uh, Terrytown, Providence, um, Boston, Portland, Maine have just been great. But I saw a lot of old friends, and that also was something. I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess I also believe that the reason I'm out here on my own is that uh, I need to reflect. Is that all right? Is that is that possible? I think it is. I mean, anytime I drive long distances, it's meditative. But driving long distances by yourself, which I've done many times, back and forth across the country, here and there, at different points in my life, you can really sort of put some things into perspective or or or, or spend some fairly focused quality time with yourself. Because driving is amazing because you're grounded. And, and I've, I, I've explored this before as a joke many years ago. I'm not sure it really panned panned out but like you're very grounded when you're thinking in a car because some part of you has to drive the car and obviously if you've been driving all your life it's second nature but it is happening so that's attached so you can sort of go on any kind of you know flight of reflection or 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 meditative thoughts or even trying to solve some things about yourself or the world and it's it's you're tethered to the machinery you you know you're not just lost so i i think that uh, there's something to that and something, uh, I, I also think it's a it's a it's a classic American kind of uh, mode on the road, man. All right, so I'm weird. I'm still a little bit defensive at the core, I guess. I like people. I like to engage with people. I like to be around people. I like to you know sort of, sort of uh, socialize. I like all those things. But if I'm left to my own devices and and I have to think about that, or there's a decision to be made about doing that or not, I generally kind of don't. And I'm not sure why. I, I, I don't know why. It, it, there's something quiet inside me that uh, is you know, pathologically insecure and peculiar. But over the last uh, few days, I've been able to spend time with people. One guy who I've known since college, since my freshman year of college, who's you know remained in my life and we remain friends even if we don't see each other for a year. We're still, you know, just, you know, we, we're very connected and I love the guy. Great guy and uh, an important friend, my friend Jimmy. And then there was this other guy that I saw in Terrytown, this guy Cliff, who I also met my freshman year of college, but I haven't really seen him much, maybe twice or three times since, since college. I mean, since whenever the hell that was. When the hell was that when I went to that college? It was like, what, 40 years? Holy shit. But the odd thing is, I haven't seen this guy that much since our freshman year of college. And we were only, you know, really connected. I saw him a few times right after college. We, we kind of stayed friends, but I hadn't seen him since his wife uh, emailed me and he, it, it, for his birthday present. He went to the town hall show in New York. Cliff, and I saw him briefly in New York when he came to the show. And then we went and had lunch because he lives up by Terrytown. And I, there was no distance. Like I knew the guy and that's, that's bizarre to me. And I don't quite understand that. You know, you have, I, I've, so many people have passed through my life and, and oddly because of my strange um, fantasy brain and my need to connect, I feel very close to people that would never, that I, I don't know. It, it saddens me that, you know, just old friends. Cause I like, I, I don't know if it's cause I'm a emotionally needy or, or poorly parented, or I'm always looking to people to, uh, to sort of make it okay. I, I, I can't explain it. But there are people in my life that, that I've spent time with and that I've been friends with in the past that, you know, that I love and that, you know, if I really think about it, I miss having a friendship with them. But it's just not, it's not in the cards and it's not that important. And in, in comedy, I think, I think that's also why I, I love comedy 
and comedians is because we're this weird community that we're sort of guarded, we're sort of defensive, and, and we're sort of, you know, our, our own people. But when we see each other, it feels to me like a real community, certainly with some of them. And we don't need to spend a lot of time with each other. And it just feels intrinsically connected emotionally. Is my life flashing before my eyes? What the fuck is happening? But my point is, like, I was trying to understand that because I spent time with Cliff and it was just great. You know, it was, we talked a little bit about what happened to people, but we don't know. But it was really talking about our own lives where he ended up, where I ended up. But the core of it, the core of who we were as people was the same. And, and I have to assume that at certain points of your life, your, your neural pathways or, or whatever the hell it is are still sort of being carved out emotionally and experientially or I'm just speculating. But if you lock in with somebody at a developmental point at a develop at a developmental point of your life, which you know when you're 21 or what were we 19, I guess it still is really. You're still impressionable. You know your core is set, but but in terms of who you are and defining yourself isn't. So the people you meet along the way during that time, and I guess that's always, but it does get a little more narrow as you get older. You you know they they stay with you almost on a genetic level, on an emotionally genetic level. There's just people like that that, you know, I just feel connected with in a way that I, I can't quite explain. It's almost familial. So cut two, I get an email from a woman that I used to work with uh, at a restaurant in Brookline, Massachusetts, Edibles, years ago. Uh, her name's Alice. So her husband's a big fan. I haven't talked to this person since, you know, it's, it's been 35, 37, I don't know, years ago. Not, I've not heard or seen this woman. So I get this email out of nowhere from her that her husband's a big fan and she's been a big fan and she's, you know, you know they've kind of, her husband is a seriously big fan. And I and I never met him. I don't know. I, I don't know their life. I don't know her. And I would never expect to hear her. It was a total surprise to see her name pop up and, and she just wanted to tell me that they wanted to meet me and say hi after the show and it would be, he would love it. And I'm like, oh my God, great. But then I realized, like, I was in love with this person. I had a huge crush on this person. I worked at a restaurant with her. Again, I was like, what, 20, 19? Developmental period. And I'm sitting there. I'm working behind the counter. She's working the front of the counter. And, we're, you know, there's a cast of characters there. But I was, I, I, I guess I could say obsessed. But uh, I don't know. She, the way she framed the email was like, I don't know if she remembered. She was just sort of like, if you don't remember me, how could I not remember you? But my point being is that it's that vibration, it's that frequency, it's either the developmental part of your life or just feelings, even though the time was fleeting and it wasn't that long of a time, I did not feel like there's any distance. I met her and her husband, Charlie, great people, great guy. But I didn't feel like right when I saw her, I was sort of like, oh my God, yeah. you know. And it was all kind of still there. It just stays there. This sort of frequency, you know, it's tempered and obviously we've had whole lives and tragedies and whatever the hell our life is. But, you know, you reach back into that core group of feelings, that that vibration that it doesn't it's like it's not it's not even like time travel. It's almost like an eternal frequency. I, I don't know how how else to to say it. It's just it's something that's sort of always there. It's you know, you've, you're on the same this wavelength with these people that you've met in your life. And even though the wavelength dulls or, or seems to be disconnected for many years, like when you get back in it, if it's there, it's there. And those are the people that, you know, have made a profound impact on your life. And I'm just noticing it more. And I'm just taking advantage of spending the time with these people. And my buddy, Jim, he's the best. 
And, uh, you know, we've stayed in touch and he's had a very big life, much bigger than mine. You know, he was involved in, you know, politics, international politics. He was worked for the government. He get he bought a boat and boated around the world. He made a movie in Bulgaria. But like all when it comes back around to it, you know, he came to the show, he hung out. But when we sit down and we do the thing and spend a day together, it's just Mark and Jim and all that stuff. Yeah, it's there. But it's that it's just reengaging that wavelength. And it's very, it, I think it's important for your heart and your soul and your mind. If you have those people, you know, you know, spend time with those people. Because uh, I think that's a, that's a beautiful part of life. <laughs> Listen to the old man realize that friends are good. So the bad guys opens tomorrow. Tomorrow in the States at theaters. That's exciting. I really wonder what people are going to think or if it's going to catch on or if it's going to be an exciting big animation film for the family to enjoy. I have no idea. And I didn't, uh, you know, I don't have children, so I'm not I'm not engaged with the books on a day-to-day basis, but I did look at them in preparation to play Mr. Snake. And uh, it's exciting. I mean, obviously the push for this thing, the press push has been monumental. But more than any other film I've ever been in. But, uh, I mean, if people enjoy it, it'll be very satisfying. And, you know, talking to Aaron Blaby, uh, he's he's one of the producers on the movie, obviously. But he's he's the guy that created the book. And it was a long journey to get there. And I, I met him at a press event. And I said, you should we should do the show. And uh, this is this. This is this. This is me talking to the creator of the Bad Guys books. Aaron Blaby. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or need to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts the weird thing is like what do i want to do man is this day do i want to just keep plugging away or do i want to uh that's a good question to try to enjoy something what about you? It seems like, you know, if you wanted to, you could be like, all right, let's call it a fucking day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, it's, what is it? It's two years away for yeah. me. I've got this. Got a plan? I do. I do. There's the books, the bad guys books. Yeah. There's going to be 20 of them. I've just finished 16. Yeah. Two a year, which two years left. I've got a new series and then there'll be. That's only three parts. That'll be finished the same year, yeah. and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't think I'll be doing any more of that, right? Because that will be 
it's it's 48 books in not long like it's there, four, 40 books in 10 years there's 48 bad guys books no because i do other, i got i got i got three series that uh that are, that are children's books yeah but they're, they're all three series that are doing well so there's, yeah there's a thing about it there's a thing called pig the pug there's a thing called thumb of the unicorn and then there's the bad guys they all have a life of their own um, but Pig's finished now, Thelma's finished now, Bad Guys is the last one that is yet to be complete, and then I'm sort of out the other side. And yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But I don't know, where I, I, well, I don't even know how, how old are you? I'm 48. Okay. So I don't even, it seems that, that children's books as, you know, as a business, uh, that, you know, it's just going to go on and on. Yeah. I mean, and... and <laughs> Like if you stop working, you're just gonna you're gonna make money in your sleep because there's <laughs> there's kids being born every day that need to read the bad guys books or the pig book or the other book, right? Yeah, I well that's that I like the idea of that. I'm 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 too I'm, yeah. I get frightened that that is is not a not a real thing. But uh, and you know and like ten years ago or something, books were dead. I was told you know you need a new line of work. No one's gonna buy books anymore. Children's books? Yeah, well, that was the thing. It was all going. It was suddenly it was all, all going to be digital. Oh, okay. And right, uh, and, and that just never happened. No, you, people like to hold things. They do. Yeah, they do. So uh, I don't know. But I guess my point, and this is just a general question that I have about age myself and my my peers or people slightly older than me, is, <laughs> and it may be a, a relative to creative people in general. Like, uh, wasn't the idea to stop working eventually? Hmm. Well, I mean, was, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I mean, wasn't it sort of like I'm going to make enough money so I cannot do this anymore? You know, I think what it was for me because you what you've done what you do for such a long time now. Uh, this is something I found late. I had done so many other things until I wrote my first book. I was 32, but I couldn't give it away, and I couldn't give away the first eight really they were not particularly successful so i just not bad guys no this is pre-bad guys well wait, so so what is this how do you where'd you grow up i grew up in at the same around the same area with one of the other people who's been on your show nick cave um we grew up um in the same region we briefly lived in the same town but not at the same time you know him no um no he read one of my books once he recorded one of my books oddly enough yeah um but uh, did you see him around? Were you like, was he the weird kid on the bike? No, I was because I was. I'm, I'm a little younger than him, so uh, I, I, I missed him. But yeah, yeah he would have. He was always loomed large in my kind of youthful psyche as as, as evidence that you could come from there and do get something out interesting. and do something good. Yeah. yeah. So what town was this? Uh, well, that was Wangaratta. Wangaretta? Yeah. And what Wangaretta. area is that? What's that near? That is uh, not near a great deal. It's in regional Victoria, oh, which so is, is it... down the south of Australia on the east coast. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So it's not like way over where Perth is? Or... No, the opposite side. Okay. And, and it's, it's. Uh, I wasn't born there. I was born in a town called Bendigo. Yeah. Where is that? D d about two hours from Wangaretta. Now and the, all of these are like two hours up for something from Melbourne. Oh, they're up. Yeah. So was it uh, desolate? Um, I have a hard time picturing Australia. I've been to Sydney. I've yeah. been to uh, uh, you know Melbourne for a couple of weeks. I was in Brisbane. That's it. Is it desolate? I, I, I don't know if it's desolate. I, I, what I always really admired about Nick is he seemed to be able to romanticize it. He kind of turned it into a... 
his sort of dark Johnny Cash-esque yeah. landscape in his mind. It was something that I just had to... <laughs> I escaped into movies. That was my thing, and that was that's why I do what I do. Is come because from, of movies. Yeah, yeah. It was you know the the invention of the VHS tape changed my life. You ever come from a big family? Just me. No, your no, only child. Only child. And we moved all the time, so I was the always the new kid, the weird kid in my own head. Oh my god! Always. And, yeah. and in your own head, but not in reality. Were you treated like the weird kid? Uh, I think only kids get a weird thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I think uh, you're the only ones who agreed with me. <laughs> uh, no, I can't deny it. Uh, I, I was. I don't think I was ever anywhere long enough to kind of like. I never got bullied. Yeah. But I think it was because I was. I I developed the skill really early on to be invisible. I oh did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then, it, cut to. However many years later, when I was in my, like, 19, I became an actor. And but I, what business, was your dad on the run? But it, well, it, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of seems that way. He, he, uh, it doesn't, there's not a good explanation for why they moved oh. so much. He worked, he worked in, do you have building societies here? What is it, what do they, they do? It's like a little, it's like a building society, it's like a little, like a little regional bank. And he worked in those. Oh, small banks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He moved different. around and did that, but. That doesn't explain the number of moves. Yeah, but uh, they stayed together, they, they your st folks. Yeah, yeah, huh. they're still they're still together. They've been together for a hundred years. Um, but they're they're where are they? Are they in a regular city now? Or? They live. They still live in Bendigo. They wow. moved around and ended up back there eventually. But you wouldn't think uh, they didn't want to live in a city. They're just comfortable there. They, they tried it. They f they followed me around a few times. Then they followed me to Melbourne. They followed yeah. me to Sydney. Uh, and then they always kind of just gravitated back. Huh there well they well they must like it then yeah i think i think it's comfortable so when you're a kid are you drawing pictures or you're not drawing pictures? i'm drawing pictures but it was really Reading comics yeah but it was movies it was oh, it movies. was it was but it wasn't just it was it was spielberg and that kind of thing but it was also it was other stuff i got yeah. like i the, the the day i got my hands on a copy of the road warrior oh yeah was a big deal a really big deal. Well, that's uh, your country. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and it was. Max, it was it? just so so cool. But you know, and I, I, I uh, somebody mentioned um, American Wolf in London to me oh, this yeah. morning, and that yeah. was like a that was a big. And I, well, I remember I was nine years old, yeah. and I got asked because I was the kid who loved movies. I got asked by some kid's mother to select a movie for yeah. this kid's nine-year-old birthday party, and I turned up with American Werewolf in London and wow. terrified the entire room. That must have, that's a little rough for nine. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a little rough. <laughs> when he's sitting there with, it his, didn't go well. with, the, with his veins hanging out of his neck. <laughs> it was not a successful Was it Griffin Dunn with his veins hanging yeah, out of his neck? it sure was. But yeah, but like Road Warrior, what was the first one, Mad Max? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that's always what I assumed most of Australia looked like, even it, though it was supposed to be post-apocalyptic. It kind of does. And if you, if okay, if you do want to picture Wangaratta, you yeah. can picture the first Mad Max. You can kind of picture that. Yeah, so that it just seems just, desolate to me. Yeah, okay. Well, do you ever well, go out to the middle, to the big mound? Uh, no. No, I've, no, I've never been. What is it called? It's called Ayers Rock, or it's called Uluru. Uh -huh. It's actually the proper, the, 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 um, you never went out indigenous there? name. No, I've never made it that far. That, that seems like a college, or like a, like a trip you'd make with your friends it 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 does but that would have required me to have had friends <laughs> <laughs>
what about bugs? You, uh, do, were there a lot of big bugs in your past? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, I well, I now live in the mountains outside of Sydney, and uh, uh, it's incredible to me that like Americans are always talking about how scary the things that live in the countryside in Australia are spiders and snakes. Yeah. But, you, but there's nothing in our countryside that will literally eat you right. like you have, though. You, no, you like, oh, yeah. bears and cougars. You, 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 yeah. your, your cats are in, yeah. in a little in a zoo cage. because they, you can't let them out. You don't got any coyotes? No, we don't have coyotes. Well, that that's lucky because they're spreading everywhere. Really? Yeah, there's coyotes everywhere. They're in malls. They're, they're, <laughs> they're all over the country. It's crazy. Just packs of coyotes. You don't got no wild dogs? Yeah, wild dogs. We've got wild dogs. Well, yeah. that's but not they're, But they're, they're not. They're not. It, it, what are they, dingoes? The, yes. Yes, ah. I don't. But don't don't quiz me too much on dingoes. My very limited, <laughs> very limited knowledge of the, the expect, comings and goings of dingoes. I expect all Australians I talk to to know everything about the the fauna and the wildlife of Australia. No, you're, Not talk, you? you're talking to the wrong guy. Okay. I, although I do I do like the the scary ones. They, I mean, the scary plants and, or and bugs. The 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 bugs. Yeah, like the spiders. One of my sons is a terrible arachnophobe, but I I kind of like them. I, I've, I, got, I, I've got my technique down of getting a spider off a wall. I'm good at that. But I mean, are they bigger? I don't know. I can't. I don't have any sense. I just know that people talk about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, there we have a couple that are really unpleasantly deadly. There's a oh, couple that will, okay. will kill you stone dead fast. No shit. Mm, yeah. In the house, they can be. Wow. They can be. They, they are they easy to identify? Do they look like killers? Uh, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's not up for debate. You can tell straight away. All right, so now the the character I'm getting that is you is like, you know, you don't have any friends in high school? You have another, is there a couple uh, other? Uh, well, it, 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 we stopped moving by high school, so oh, I- That's right, I, it was I, the moving I, thing. Yeah, yeah, so I settled in a bit, and I started to kind of- uh, uh, You asked about drawing earlier. I did draw pictures, but I always found it really unsatisfying, because I was trying to kind of recreate what I was seeing in movies, but on a page. And that was something felt, you did consciously? Yeah, I did, yeah. And, I, and it always felt like there was a big hole- like I would see something, I would want to try and recapture it somehow. Yeah. I'd draw it really badly and yeah. it just felt like the, and it uh, that that kind of gaping hole was there from, I remember, I saw Empire Strikes Back when I was six years old and it's been there ever since. I remember the day I saw that film. That's that, when the hole started? It did. I actually, I, I, I recall that feeling of a sort of hard to define dissatisfaction from that it's it's it sounds like bullshit but it's true with the world or with everything just you with, did just with with everything i did and you know one of the other problems too was the beatles because i'm a, i'm i'm all a, music has been the other i'm not i'm not i'm not talented musically yeah. but i love it and i i'm obsessed with it and yeah. i as a kid uh it's funny the the Beatles the the, the breadth of their achievement kind yeah. of loomed almost too large. It discouraged yeah. me from for everybody tr trying to do anything for a long time. Creatively, you were yeah. just sort of like, "What the Beatles did it? It's yeah, over. It's done." Yeah. Between the Empire Strikes Back and the Beatles, <laughs> I'm I'm there's well, no reason. There's nothing left to do. Yeah, that's how it felt. <laughs> it did. It really did. Did you watch the documentary? Uh, Peter Jackson stuff, you know. The, oh God! Oh yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Wow, the, the get back moment was extraordinary when that he was just whips yeah. it up. It's but what's just interesting beautiful. is that there you really see that it, it's a magic that you can't explain because it's not like they're doing anything that complicated. It's just oh. four dudes and then Billy Preston hanging around, dicking around. But there's something about the alchemy of them together yeah. that is unexplainable. It's oh, it's the thing that haunted me was always did is the 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 odds yeah. against Paul and this is the thing of Paul and John meeting each other 
is yeah. astronomical. But the fact that someone as good as George as well yeah. happened to also be a local and right. went, hey, let's do this. But I mean, the, it's just bizarre. And then, and, but, you know. But were they good at the beginning? I mean, were, I mean, when they met, <sighs> were they good? I mean, they I all grew know. together. You know, I mean, it I was know. just. I know. And and look, who knows what impact the presence of Ringo? Because Ringo was beautiful in that documentary too. That just that <laughs> he seemed that, a little a little wasted. Yeah, but he but, seemed great. I don't know. His energy was kind of. It was. It was grounding. It was, yeah, and that's what he's was. supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's very special. So yeah, I, I they 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 haunted me a in long the shadow time. of Spielberg's empire or of Lucas and yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. But but you you weren't aspiring to do music, nor were you well, aspiring I, well, to be I, a filmmaker. I, well, I, I I the only reason I didn't is because of where I did it. No, well, also because of where I was from. So yeah. I, it felt like like I mentioned Nick, like, yeah. and that was later on I became aware of Nick. But I, I it didn't seem possible because there was no evidence that could be done from where I was from when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. They were just yeah. I lived on the moon. I yeah. lived on the moon. And I guess that's why I love Mad Max because it was like this cool thing that had been yeah. shot. Right. nearby right you know yeah and it made sense and to this day i can't look at an anamorphic frame without thinking of those crazy guys stuck on the it's like literally sitting on a little rig on the front of a car yeah yeah <laughs> going 110 up yeah. a highway with the camera on the ground i yeah. mean it's the most beautiful thing ever and that was so exciting because it felt like something really just world class and sure. and, and and from australia from australia but, yeah but cutting a whole new path through something. I mean, I, I know that, especially the sequel, the, the Road Warrior had such a big impact on Spielberg. All yeah. kinds of people kind yeah. of went, wow. Yeah, all of them are, are kind of exciting. Yeah. Really. The third one's not so great. The one with, the, the, with, the one with all the kids. Was that the one with Tina Turner? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember it, in 20, that, but some, then Someone though, had the idea to take cars out of the equation, and that wasn't- Oh, it was the cage a, match thing. Yeah, that, that bit was all right, but uh, then they're suddenly on a train, and Yeah, and been, I, don't, I don't remember yeah, it at all, but yeah, I remember the, the one there's with- There's a reason for that. Yeah, it's with- not, uh, I'm yeah. not even sure I saw it. <laughs> right. Thunderdome. Yeah, that's right. But I saw the one with, uh, with uh, what's her name? Uh, Charlize. Yeah. Fun. Good. I, uh, yeah, really good fun. Well, that guy Hardy's kind of like a, some from another planet. Good <laughs> weather. He's Australian? No. No, he's English. No, he's English. All right, so mm. no music, no movie making, and you're uh, you're beaten. You're like, what, 15 and it's over? <laughs> uh, well, the next significant moment, I th was it's another movie. It was Science of the Lambs. I saw Science of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It was in year 11, at, which is what your junior yeah, year at high school. Right. And uh, I got it in my head that I could fill that whole by becoming an actor i was so deeply impressed by what was those two were doing in that film that i thought that's what i'm going to do and i moved to melbourne yeah. when i was 17 and kind of willed myself into doing that i was and i was and i just at the outset i was i'm a terrible terrible actor <laughs> i did not I did, on a on a really core level i'm not good at it but Bec they, because i'm i think i'm never i'm never properly inside it i'm always sort of I, or, and i did it for a long time i did it for over a decade but i i think i was always kind of levitating over myself watching a scene trying to 
Interesting, so, but yeah, not good, not good. But, but it's odd that you watch two of the great actors, and that doesn't—that's undaunting to you. Like, the Beatles and Empire Strike Back <laughs> well, they, just yeah. took the wind out of your sails. But you watch Anthony Hopkins, you're like, I can do this. Yeah. I, I know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking because I really couldn't. That's the thing I discovered <laughs> in no uncertain terms. But it looks like you worked. I did well, yeah. I did. Is I it did. just because I did. In, yeah. in Australia, if you hang around long enough, everyone gets a turn? Or I, <laughs> I, I, I feel <laughs> like because we there's, there was t- the two beautiful actors from Australia, Ben Mendelsohn and um, he's who, great. Who you would have seen in a bunch of things, and Noah Taylor is wonderful as well. And I felt I've like worked ge- with Noah Taylor. Okay, so you, did, you are, did in it in all my yeah. yeah. So this is your generation. My generation, and I felt like because I had a passing resemblance to those two guys right. when I was younger, I felt like it was simply a case in Australia in some that. If you couldn't get Ben and you couldn't get Noah, maybe you would be the guy. You could get that guy, maybe. Well, it's I, weird I, that you bring it up because, yeah. like, when you think about it, a lot of great actors have come out of Australia. I don't know why. So many. It's so crazy. M- it is ridiculous. For per capita, it's insane how many great it's actors. It's sort of like the comedic talent out of Canada. There's serious yeah. actors <laughs> out of Australia, and there's unexplainable comedic talent coming out of Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but. Like, what? Heath was from there, Heath, and uh, Russell Crowe, Eric Bana. Yeah. There's so many great, uh, great Australian actors. Mendelssohn something. Yeah. Oh, he's he's he was Ben's always been my favorite, I have to say. Friend of yours? Uh, I haven't seen Ben in twenty years, but he was always very kind to me. He was a bit older than me and mm. he was always lovely. But um So was so you didn't train as an actor? You just No, I fell into it. I got, I got, was seen in a high school play and cast in a TV show. Really? Yeah. And um, so and then I won an award for being in the TV show, and it, that was the worst thing that could ever happen to me because it gave me false sense of confidence How that many I could seasons? do it. Well, just the one. Oh, really? Yeah, just one little, like a, like low budget Australian huh. thing. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I think the award was just because I was a fresh face. I think I think it was it couldn't it couldn't have been anything else. And then what goes on? That you, so now you're an actor and you're living that life. You're going auditions and yeah, all that stuff. The worst. Yeah, endless humiliation. Yeah, yeah totally. Endless kicks in the balls. Yeah, over and, and over again. And by this time, you're into Nick Cave and your music yeah, abs- tastes have shifted. Absolutely. And and uh, are you into art? Not yet. Not that, at all. That, that happened. It, it was it that, that crept up on me in my twenties, and then I eventually became all about that by the end of my twenties, and spent years just painting and thinking about. Again, it was formless and pointless, and didn't lead anywhere. But it, I didn't realize at the time I was actually laying pipe to sure to do what I do now. But so how does the how does how does the acting end? Is it, what, what the, is it? the acting ends just with a a, a really slow sad decline of just opportunity oh, well I, I i got i got a couple of things that in australia were kind of a big deal but they didn't do well and i and i and i i take full responsibility for them not doing particularly well because they if someone else had been cast in a couple of these things that was that was a little more accomplished with what they were doing then maybe it would have it would have landed but you think yeah absolutely hey, uh, you, from the bottom of my heart you just take it all on don't you it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true i i, I honestly and and i know i have often got the feeling in the last few years that um uh because again i live i spend a lot of my time in isolation doing what i do i've got sort of hints a sense that like some people in the industry in australia might be even offended that like i'm like i'm bagging the the actual projects and things i'm really not it's me entirely what i was contributing because i hadn't i just had no sense of self at the time none 
and it was it was because I think I'd formed I'd formed my version of myself by watching movies and kind of deciding in my head that I was going to be in that somehow. Right, but did your was, parents just walk you in a room or what? I mean, because I had problems with sense of self too, but it was because. You know, I, I felt that uh, I, my parents had no boundaries and, I, and they were selfish and, you know, something didn't get finished. I'm not sure what it was. Right. It's a, it's a difficult thing because, you know, when you're old enough to realize that that's a problem, you, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. But you can always look at yourself and go like, no, I'm not quite there, am I? Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, well. It's I. I. You know the thing of woodshedding it. That's entirely what I did. I just with my wife. I convinced my wife to bail on Sydney, and we moved into the countryside. And I started painting. This is after the acting. This thing. This is after the acting. You were thing. just sort of like, did you have a crisis? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was. It was. But it, it felt like a really bright and positive crisis at the time, um, because again, I'm really, really good. I think at deluding myself that I can just conjure things out of nothing and which I did as a kid you know a kid coming from Wangaratta and Bendigo coming to Melbourne deciding you're going to be an actor it's like ridiculous but I somehow kind of made that but, happen but, but through the whole acting thing you never took any lessons no no I know see this is the thing isn't it? In that, high that, school? That, 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 it makes all kinds of sense when you think about it now but no I what, didn't what high school were you in a class yeah, I was. All right, but not for, not for, enough. Yeah, that, well, that was, I kind of felt like I had all the tools, <laughs> which is just so stupid. It's possible. No. no. Oh, man. There's it's, a lot of, na most of acting, honestly, and I say this from talking to a lot of actors, a good percentage of it is just natural. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, well, when you see good ones, like, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, and it, all, all, you know, bullshit aside, mm. I mean, I, I, when I watch somebody like you who has come to acting quite late, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's astonishing to me how you know yeah. good yeah. you are. You know, well, I and mean, I thought about it. You know, I mean, I I don't know that I I have had. I talk to people. I get free uh, lessons from famous actors when I talk to them. <laughs> I, I, if you listen to any of my actor interviews, there's at least ten minutes there where I'm like, well, how do you do it? <laughs> you know, and uh, most of it is just sort of you gotta just listen. Yeah, right. I'm like, all right, I'm good at that, yeah. kind of, for the most part. Well, anyway, so what? How did the crisis manifest? Was it dark? Was it? it, it not, well, it was. You I said it was good. I'd, I'd had a yeah, I'd had a creeping interest in painting and art, and I saw there was a book about Picasso. I saw, and I kind of this is this yeah. uh, that was your art school. Yeah, it was a single book. <laughs> again, I did it again. I didn't do any classes, and I I, I have a, a kind of resistance to that. I I, 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 I don't know why. Um, and I just we we moved away. I started to paint, and I painted some exhibitions, and the first ones went quite well. But again, I didn't really know there was no narrative in it, and I think that was the bit that I abstract. No, they were figurative. They were paintings oh. of women. I was painting boobs mostly, you yeah. know. And it was it was they were they're kind of nice, I guess, but they were sort of a bit. It was just learning how to use paint. I was just painting form uh -huh. more than anything else. Um, but you had a sense for it. You had a, you had a feel for it. Color. I did. I did for the first time. I felt like I was sort of onto something. But I missed narrative, and I think that. What was do you the, mean narrative? Well, the fact, the reason that I got into acting was because I loved movies. I loved the the story, idea of story yeah. being right. told, and in painting. I mean, and, and people can do you know paint n narratively, but I, I wasn't, and I just again it felt like a, a dead end, a roadblock, and then. Uh, out of nowhere, I wrote my first book, and again, it was the one that didn't it didn't do particularly well. But how how many paintings you sell? You did good. 
pretty good over a couple of years. Um, and again, I was doing exhibitions. There was only like six of them or something. But yeah, the first few completely sold out. So you had a gallery. Yeah, a couple of them. Actually, I had a gallery in Melbourne, one in Sydney and one in Adelaide. So you you, you did the acting, you got on TV and you did, what, yeah. a couple of movies? Yeah. And then... <laughs> Yeah. Well, but then you you decide on painting, and then yeah. and then you get you know sell some paintings. Yeah. So you got some talent. This is a creative life. There's well, that that that's why I kept at it, you know. But then, the, when I started making books and nobody was buying them, I thought there was a period where I, then I had went off and started working in. I had to work in advertising for a couple of years, which I just because I, again I was thinking, well, how can I put words and pictures together and kind of make a living? Because I had two kids now, all of a sudden. But when did you get married? What, how we were young in the I middle was, of the acting. Yeah, in the middle of the acting, we met in a play. Kirsty was an actress as well. She's not now. What she end up doing? Uh, she's a speech pathologist. Oh, well, that's helpful. It, it is. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's a very, it's a very, very it's worthy a lot thing more to helpful do. than acting. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we were babies. We were in a play. Uh, we were 25, I yeah, think. Yeah. And we got married the next year. We've been married ever since. So she stuck with it. Yeah. Well, I guess your crises weren't too damaging. Like, they, they, well, they, you know, it wasn't a picnic. <laughs> that's, that's, that's for sure. I, I'm, just, uh, I'm wondering how the uh, decision to go into advertising, that must have been a, yeah. a good bit of wrestling. Oh, man. Uh, look, it's it's... I thought I could do it, and I thought I'd find a way to, and I tried to make it enth enthuse myself yeah. about it, and thought, I'm going to make this, this, this is, you got to be really smart to do this, this yeah. is going to be great, and, I, and I, I was so, there's, a, there's the Botanical Gardens in Sydney, there's a place I call the Sobbing Tree, every lunchtime, <laughs> I would just go and lie under this tree yeah. and weep. Like, really? I did. I just like so deeply depressed for the for the two years because you did couldn't that. see where well, past it. All the stuff that I'd that that impulse from when I was young to, you know, somehow create something cool out of nothing. Out of nothing, um, felt like it had just died, and uh. I had to give it all up. And then I, when I bailed from that, I found a little sort of loophole by going and teaching at a design college. Because of I'd sort of blagged my way into that by having worked briefly in advertising and and painted, so I kind of got myself a job teaching design, and that was it was kind of all right. But then that was when I convinced my wife again to move to another part of the countryside, which is when well, you're just like your dad, I guess. Yeah, it's a little bit, isn't it? A little bit, <laughs> now, maybe. I think now you understand. <laughs> like I got to run away from this. There's no way we can make a new go of it until I change everything. That could be it. But so, but but tell me about when you uh, when you did the uh, the first children with the first book. So this is yeah. after your painting, and you decided. Well, you got tired of painting boobs. You didn't yeah. see any future in it, or you weren't well, enjoying it. it. It was. It felt. It was the, again. It was selling selling like really well. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel like it was going mm. anywhere particularly interesting. Oh yeah. So. So there was no your your life story was boring to you, yeah. not just the fact that there was yeah. no narrative to the artwork. It was just sort of like I I guess I can just go on doing this, or but it would get boring. Well, it had nothing to do with what I really love. So my my biggest all Which was movies. All my heroes are movies and songwriters. They're my heroes. Yeah, but but you weren't. It didn't sound like you were heading in either of those. But that, but but what's really interesting? But this is the thing. I think the reason that yeah. the books ultimately became as popular as they have is because that once again, it was driven in no way by an interest in what my peers were doing on any level. I started making books that were entirely driven by somebody who 
had songwriters and movie makers in their minds. Well, what was as the first book? The, well, the, the, it took me it took me ten years to find what I'm talking about now. The, I get the, it. the first ones were more personal. They were they were really there was no trace of metaphor in them really well, at all. What was it? The well, first? the first one was about me and my wife, but oh. in children book form, you know. Right. And it was you know it was kind of nice, and but it was you know and it, it was warmly received, but it 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 was just. I don't know. I gotta move to Australia. It sounds like you can get away with murder. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. The guy paints boobs for (laughs) years, he's got six shows, decides to act, he's on television, (laughs) writes one book about him and his wife, and it's nice. Why? It's received nicely. It was. But nobody nobody bought it. Nobody Nobody, bought it. Oh, okay. But uh, so, again, with the children's books, did you you do any sort of research? None. 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 so how do you decide how to talk I, to kids? Uh, you had some. Well, this is the thing. We just had our first, and it sounds like it was a conscious decision, but it wasn't. I wrote the first one not long after our first son was born. Right. But I, at the time, because he didn't have a, this is the, the other pivotal, there was a few things, but the books didn't get good until my kids were old enough to have a sense of humor. And then once they had a defined sense of humor that I knew I could make them laugh, Yeah, that's when I found... The um, my voice. Well, I what was for, the, one, for one of a better word, my voice. What was the I, first book that sold? Pig the Pug. That's uh, it's a, a, a picture book that is um, been wildly popular, but is at odds with the entire picture book market because how? it is. It has an edge to it that you don't expect to see in picture books. It's a dog who is mean and selfish. He takes he, all the toys. He wants the, another little dog wants to share them. He won't do it. He gets up on the pile of toys, falls out the window, and ends up in an all-body cast. And um, it's 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 it was an immediate hit. People yeah. just found it really funny. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I guess karma's a bitch. Is yeah, the that's that's it. Yeah, their books about karma, <laughs> and there's a whole series of pig books, and they're all about karma. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like he uh, he he doesn't get a taught a lesson in the regular way. No, he doesn't, and it, it's questionable it's whether he, it's, it's it's questionable whether he even learns a lesson at the end. <laughs> but he takes <laughs> a hit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And then all of a sudden, he opened the door because that was coming from a place that was I don't know. It just it made me happy for the it was the first yeah. thing I'd ever done that made me happy. I went, that's really. Funny. And you did the art and the and the and suddenly yeah I was putting words with pictures yeah and I wasn't selling my soul right and I was doing something that made me laugh and made and then I started touring around schools um, because I needed the money at the time and because I wanted to road test the material it was, what do you bit, mean? It was in a funny way it was a bit like being a it the was comic. my my equivalent of being a comic because I would go to schools they would they would invite me as an author yeah. I would put the books on a kind of a big screen, the artwork, and I would read or perform the what was in them. And if I didn't get a laugh in certain sections, that if a book wasn't finished, I'd adjust and shift and then apply it. Oh the yeah, Sedaris does it that way. Yeah, and I and I went around doing that, and I did it. I went to a couple of hundred schools over a couple of a couple of years. And you get paid for the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and that was the, that was the how you wrote some of the, the, the these. The pug I, that, books. That's where I found the 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 where to pitch them. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So the pig, the pug. Yeah, that that was the first series. That was the first one, but it happened almost simultaneously because, and this sounds like a lie, but it's not. When we moved to this where we live now, and nothing had worked. I was forty, and like this was the, and but I I felt like we had the kids were young, and I felt like my last chance. Otherwise, I was just going to do advertising or something forever. And I went for a walk, and I 
came up with Pig, the bad guys, and Thelma, my other character that's um, found an audience. Yeah. All in like a 48-hour period. She? She's a she's a, a plain little horse that um wants to be special. She sticks a carrot on her head. There's a there's a there's a truck accident yeah. where she gets covered in pink paint. Suddenly she's a unicorn, but it doesn't work out quite the way she thinks. And that's being turned into a movie too. Jared Hess is making a movie. Is that a series of books or is that Yeah, just true. The one? It's a little like a book in Can't two, keep two, the two parts. horse painted yeah. for 10. Can yeah. you? <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. But well, I, they're, they're, it's it's a Netflix, um, it's a Netflix movie, but it's um, it might be a TV show too. So I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to keep her painted for huh. a series. But um, someone yeah. she's got to be onto it, and she's got to figure out how to keep getting painted. So wait, once you sell it, you, you you're out of the writing game with that. Um, it, no, because, uh, not directly like the, like with the bad guys, I worked with them cause I, I mean, I was, came on as an, yeah. an EP Yeah, and every, every draft and every cut, I was just, you were of, on it? I was on it and did my notes and yeah. what, so what was this? Where'd you take this walk that, you know, changed your life? What do you, what do you attribute that to? Uh, Had you quit your job at the advertising? Did, yeah. I was still teaching. It was. In, I still. I was still in that last little window. Oh, of teaching the uh, design. That's right. And oh, it sounds uh, like a train wreck. Well, as I'm describing this to no, you in detail, not it, really. I, I realize it's how... definitely not a train wreck. It's not like you ended up in rehab or something. It's just. It just. A, it was just sort of like. A, it sounds like you. You frame it as sort of a sad life, as a soul death. It really. Well, it felt like that for a while. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. But how, how dramatic was the quitting of the advertising? Was that? That was it. Was great, but it was there was just an I just found an escape hatch and just got out. It was, it was just a just a, a string of escape hatches, really. So um, where where did you take this walk? Did, did you? It's in around the town where I live. I live in a town called Lura in the Blue Mountains. It's beautiful. Oh. But I just I just walked around and yeah, maybe she haven't named that street after you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is where it happened. But it was it was. Um, Desperation. That's all it was. It was. Yeah, it just came from that, and a, and a little door opened up in the universe, and they tumbled out. Because the bad guys, it's this also sounds like bullshit, but it's not. I texted a friend. I had the idea for the bad guys, and I wrote it down—a single line, twenty-five word sort of elevator pitch description of what the uh, bad guys was. Yeah. Texted it to a friend, and she texted back. That sounds like a DreamWorks movie. Come on, before you even wrote a book. That's true. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It's really crazy, and it's. Did that happen on the same street? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of did. Kind of special street, man. <laughs> it's a magic street, that street. It is a magic street. We've been thinking about leaving it, and I don't really want to. I, I wouldn't. I, yeah, you don't know what happened. Don't, yeah. don't mess with the magic. Yeah, that's what I'm Wait thinking. Wait till you finished all the books. That's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> You're reading my mind. That's but uh, so, so the bad guys, what was the pitch for the book in for, your mind? From the, from the book in my mind, at the time, it was just the... It was... You know, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, Mr. Piranha doing good deeds whether you want them to or not. That mm. was the original idea. And then once there was interest from over here, because the, the bad guy, the first bad guy's book immediately did well in Amer in Australia, but in the U.S. schools, it exploded like instantly. We sold like half a million copies in like a couple of weeks. Really? And, and that was more... Here? Yeah. A school, it's in, a scholastic like the, yeah, the, the Like the book fairs, you know, the now, book fairs in schools? Yeah. yeah. Well, now, so the publishing... Thelma and Pig the Pug, the, the those two are they? Who published them there? Are they Scholastic. Scholastic as well. Yeah, that's a global thing. It is. And then they pick up the bad guys. So like the other two, Thelma and the Pug book, mm. they're big in Australia, but also big here. Yeah. They well, what happened was uh, because there's an edge to Pig that I was describing earlier. Yeah. 
the U.S. publisher was a little, you know, standoffish about it because it's just if, picture books in America, especially, are very wholesome. They just, they just, there's their the, the messaging is very clear, and they're very, very warm and and fuzzy. Uh-huh. And pigs, not that. Yeah. So they didn't. They weren't really interested. And then when the bad guys just sort of exploded, they jumped on board and went, "Well, let's try the let's try the dog book." And how did it do? Amazingly well. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instantaneously. Huh. Um, and and each one of them has like there's been there's been nearly so I've just finished the tenth pig book, which is the final one, and all of them have sold over a million copies. So when you say book fair, that's when schools come to yeah, buy books. Yeah. No. No. You know when um, uh, kids take money to school in an envelope, and, uh-huh. and the the little the truck arrives, and the oh the, right, right, yeah, right. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's kids. Generally speaking, it's a kid's first experience of going and purchasing something that they want themselves and it's it's a it's a book at school they get to choose there's no no conversation about it they get to choose what they wanted to buy that day and there's something about the the cover of the first bad guys book i guess that just captured really yeah and that that's it it just it took off and you got to remember by this point how old are these kids what are the ages six like six to twelve yeah um but my first eight books or something none of them had sold over like 5000 copies you know like tiny little print runs in australia in australia nowhere else so to suddenly have sold half a million in america was so far beyond my wildest dreams what were the, what were the eight books so there the one with yeah, you yeah, and your wife the, the and one, then there was one kind of about it was a thinly veiled version of me moving around when I was a kid. They were a yeah. bit too literal, the yeah. earlier ones. And then, then there was one that was actually pretty funny about a uh, a kid who complained so much that his head fell off. And that, yeah, but again, didn't find an audience. It was too weird, I think. No animals, though. No, it, well, this is the thing. <laughs> I changed publisher. I, I got I kind of got poached by a new publisher, Scholastic, yeah. in Australia. And the publisher made one suggestion. He said, it was, which is just so obvious, but he said, can you do what you do, but do it with animals? Yeah. And there it was. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little too honest, a little too forthright. <laughs> <laughs> May give the animals the human problem. <laughs> Showing your hand too much. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what happened. Uh, so well, that well then that's a great story. So then you do the first bad guys book, and now you're off and running. Yeah, but I I at the time I wrote I because again there, there hadn't been a hint of commercial success to that point. So yeah. I I wrote it with such kind of abandon because I thought, well, who cares? No, one, yeah. no one's going to buy it anyway. Right. And I wrote exactly what I wanted to do. And the bad guys, without any kind of melodrama of any kind, is precisely the thing I'd been looking for since I was a little boy. That was the thing. It filled that hole. I suddenly, had, hole. suddenly had a vehicle... Where I could pour all the stuff that I love, the way that because it is, it's such a weird idea to take the you know scary animals and a car from Mad Max and a Tarantino movie and mash them all together. Because yeah. the other the other movie that changed my life in a not a great way at the time was Reservoir Dogs because I yeah. saw Reservoir Dogs and it haunted me for years. I just I, I saw it one night before because I didn't realize Reservoir Dogs wasn't popular or like really successful commercially until after. Pulp Fiction. People found it retrospectively. Sure. It was just a little movie. Right. But I saw it the week it came out just accidentally. I saw the poster, thought it looked cool, went in yeah. and had my mind blown and went five times that yeah. week <laughs> and was obsessed with it. Obsessed. For, what was for it years. about it? It just, it spoke to me 
in a way that very few movies had. I just thought it was so funny and so just s- the way he'd taken cinema history and just mashed it up in his own. Uh-huh. It's just, and I think it's part of, like, you know, I love, again, musically, I love the way the Beastie Boys would always sort of yeah. the, the Bowbird thing where they take elements and mash right. them together and yeah. create something new. And I love the about Tarantino and the Beasties and that kind of you know beautiful, f- playful appropriation yeah. of other people's work. I love it. Yeah. And but again, without I felt that sort of impotent feeling of not being able to do that myself until the bad guys. And, yeah. And suddenly, when I had these animals in suits in that car. Bam! Everything suddenly overnight became possible. So that single book, which I never thought it'd be more than one book, turned into a twenty-story arc. Which just I plotted. Like I've known how the story would end from the beginning. Really, yeah. I had this whole thing. It just flooded out of me. Wow! Um, yeah, it's been like the. It's the most. It's been the most beautiful experience. The last. It's been nine years now that I've been working on it, and it is everything. Every, it's fulfilled every, and the the best way I can describe it is that me as a kid and me as like a thirteen year old would be so happy with what I'm doing yeah. now. Like yeah. that is the that's the most that's the coolest thing. Yeah. about it. Is, and that was in but that was twenty books. Now it's forty, right? <laughs> well, all together, all together, my books. All the books. Are, oh. So there's been ten pig. There'll be twenty bad guys. There's three of this other new thing. Oh, I'm got doing. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but added together, it's f- it'll be forty eight by the time I'm sort of done. Uh, whether, whether it's a whether it's a comma or a full stop, so I from, don't know. From the beginning, you you saw the arc of bad guys. I mean, you kind of knew once. It. Yeah, I I had the the first. I've sort of in my head this tw- of the twenty books. They're kind of like two seasons. Yeah, of ten. Right. Um. But yeah, I did I did figure it out in advance and it just it just sort of it fell together um that that in a funny way they kind of write themselves i just sort of yeah uh, it's been really clear to me i don't wrestle with them i know the 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 turns really really instinctively with the with those books it's they're just fun to write yeah because when i saw you here when we did the press a few weeks ago, yeah. you said you had you had to write finish a book or I, write a book. I'd write, t- and then and then when I arrived, I, I got COVID almost immediately, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, and was trapped in my hotel room for two weeks. And I did I wasn't sick, I was fine. But I wrote I wrote the next two books. I've in the last since I saw you last, I've written the next two. Really? Yeah. And I'm I'm they're I'm they're good. I'm really excited about them. Yeah, they're the they're the they're not the last two. They're the second last two. So you, the episodes seventeen and eighteen. Do you do the art too? No, no. Just so what I'll, what I'll do is I've got the story. I write. It's like a screenplay. I've written. I've written the 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 scenes, the ten chapters, the scenes, the dialogue. I'll go home and I'll paginate, which is come up do the, all the little thumbnails of where the panels are going to be. Yeah, which is a, kind of a big job. And then I'll do the rough dra- drawings of all of that, which takes about a month. And then when that's all done for those two books, then we'll do some editing, and then I start the finished art, which takes forever. It takes that's the most of my years doing the finished drawings. Really? Yeah. Which is the which is the bit that I'm kind of looking forward to being, to completing. I yeah. Have to say because that's that's it's also where I'm my most limited. I I find I'm there's a 
I, I slip into a place of relaxation, happiness, and kind of acuity with the storytelling and coming up with things. The the drawings, I feel like I'm always pushing right at the limit of whatever talent I have. I always feel like I'm, yeah, it's constantly a feeling of icy road, bald tires. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, it's weird. That, it's good that you keep doing it. It would have seemed like you could have just hired a guy to do it after a certain uh, point. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, no way. And I think, but I think it's also why they've been successful because I think there is a, there's a scrappiness and a, and a, frankly, occasionally incompetent look to the, the, the artwork that I think is really appealing because sure. it, it's just, there's, it doesn't feel that precious. It, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So when we were talking in the kitchen, though, you said that you really have to kind of mentally uh, um, have mental boundaries around what, what what you take into your head so you can have the right disposition yeah. to write a book. So like no news, no bad news. <laughs> I, I, I limit it as much as I can, which can be really embarrassing. Like I, I, I there was a period there where I wasn't entirely sure who the prime minister of our country was for a little while. Then my wife said, yeah, "It's him." Uh, I, I I have to not I, a happy day. I <laughs> I tune. I have to tune out, and it's and, and I'm sure that it's like that would appall a lot of people. That but I I find it hard to do the gig to get in the headspace to be because um, uh, there's a silliness about them. There's a, yeah. there's a sense of fun that. I find hard to fake. Yeah. So I have to get into a space where I just feel feel good. And it's also, it's getting harder because they were written, the initially they were written for my boys when they were six and eight. It was yeah. really easy to write because I knew what would make them laugh. Yeah. Now they're 14 and 16. I have to time travel in my head and go, what would he have liked? He would have liked that. You yeah. Know? So. Oh, really? Yeah. So that you still think that way? I do. Uh. It helps. Yeah. Well, now I'm playing a character that you created. Yes, you are. Very well, too. Well, thank you, buddy. Oh. Uh, have you seen the movie with people? I have once. How'd um, it go? Twice, actually, and it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. Um, they you get the laughs. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. That was very, very kids? satisfying. Yeah. And there was a couple of kids actually. On the last time I saw it in front of us, they were young. They were like a target ah. age group. They were eight, and they were oh, they kept throwing their arms in the air during the sequences, like they were on a ride. Oh, really? And that was really exciting. <laughs> I loved seeing that. Did you like the uh, the amplification of your art? Oh, it's just see that's that is such a beautiful thing to experience. I mean, when the first time I saw the finished art move, I I burst into tears because it's <laughs> yeah. it's just what I've been trying to do in my black and white scribbly drawings is I've been approximating what I would like it to be, and that's my because the books are my version of making a movie, but just on a page. Because yeah. I thought, how am I going to make a film? So I did that. Um, what they've done is they've taken that and then blown it up into this 3D magical Yeah, I had no idea. When I first had meetings with them, I wasn't familiar with the books and the snake character seemed great, but I'm like, how are you going to make that move? Like they... (laughs) Because they got to answer questions like that. Yeah, they do. And it was interesting. The snake snake movement came up um, in one of the first meetings with them. They were a little nervous about it because there hadn't been a snake as your sort of central heroic character ever really yeah. there's maybe one or two examples where there's a prominently featured snake but it's usually just the, the they're just meant to look insidious and right. slithery so we needed this guy to be sort of charming you know yeah. and and I, they've accomplished that beautifully yeah. that, that was great thing. yeah yeah and uh, 
How did like how does it unfold? Like you know, w- w- where does it start with the movie negotiations? Like I mean, was that going on a long time? It was. Did you have other offers? Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I came. It was so surreal because I, you know, I'd never been to America. This was in 2016. Yeah. And again, with all that love of movies, I came across to Hollywood, and we knew people were interested. And I had an agent. Yeah. And I then we went. You know, single week we went to all the studios. Yeah. And I met the heads of most of them. Yeah. And uh, it just the, the DreamWorks just like Damon, the producer, uh, just, yeah. just just had a feel for it. Just got it. Yeah. Just got the tone, and they they kept assuring me that they would preserve that tone. That was the most important. He seems thing. like a good guy. Yeah, okay. he's great. Yeah. And I and I that's what it came down to for me. I I figured and, and I I was weirdly arrogant about it too. I, I knew I had something that they wanted yeah. and i knew it was the only i'd been looking for it my whole life so i was holding onto it really tight actually and but I, the, uh, you'd been looking like if this well, finally you're going to be a movie maker well i yeah i guess and i felt like if i don't trust them yeah it's i'm not going to do it i'm yeah. going to just hold on until i find someone who i do trust and the only people I met that week were, yeah. were, were the DreamWorks team. But then that they've that's like other than Damon and then Pierre who directed it, that like there was a number of um, regime changes at DreamWorks during the development period, which was really hair raising. But that the bad guys just kept surviving it. They just kept really? staying on the yeah, yeah. It happened a couple of times, and it was you know I, I guess it's it it speaks to the the you know that where that sort of confidence in it came from is i just felt like the idea was just how right i just kept saying to myself why wouldn't they make this That's, yeah you know and what how's it doing uh, the movie it i i think i i've been i've had my head in the sand a little bit i think it's doing good um but it's it's all going to be about when it comes out um, here here a little bit yeah you know but i i know like and it's it's like in australia i think it did really well but the school holidays actually don't start until today uh-huh. So that's when we'll really see how it goes in Australia. Oh, really? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then in other places, I think it's I think it's doing good. I think it's 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 been the. Did they open in China and stuff? Not yet. yet not yet. I think it, it's the it's done the best. It's had the best opening for an animation during the pandemic in most places. I think, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of ignoring all of that as much as I can until. Because it's staggered. It's staggered over a whole month, which yeah. is kind of excruciating. So you can't get the whole picture until we're sort of at the other side. Yeah, I don't get a sense. I don't know. No. I don't follow it. But it's, it's uh, I don't know, the the you guys, It's that's been, because I've, it was, it was really interesting. I was uh, across everybody's work during the process, because when the conversations about casting came yeah. up, I knew everybody's work pretty in most people's work in detail yeah other than yours really you were surprised to me they said what about mark Rand? and i didn't know your name and yeah. they sent me uh, one of your stand-ups the the um the um end times no the uh, the the brain cancer well it could be it could be nothing that uh, that one and, uh, I, and you but I just uh, in 10 seconds in <laughs> i i started writing an email please please cast yeah, him please yeah, yeah. um so you know it's one of those things where it's just it's uh, it it's this cast is yeah they're great exactly who yeah. I want to play there yeah, which yeah. is which is a, which is you know so many authors watch their work turned into trash you know yeah. it happens all the time yeah. train wreck adaptations are a weekly occurrence right. so 
And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing, at nothing at all. It's, it's just you just have to watch your thing die. So to no matter how the movie does, actually, I love the movie so much, and I love what you all did in it yeah. so much that. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with with <laughs> with whatever happens. Come on, they're talking about a sequel. Yeah, yeah, there they are. But I mean, you know, that's the thing. I I'm not, I I can't let myself indulge the thought of it just in case. I think got to get on it if they're going to do it because now that they've got everything, all the movements and stuff. Yeah. But how much of this? Well, because I don't know the books specifically. How much of this is books? Is from the book, the story. Do you get story credit? Uh, no, no. no? Um, uh, only it's it's um, created just, by, but based on books yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, it, it is loosely based on the first four books with added Soderbergh. It, it added sort of Ocean's Eleven. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but a number of the sequences from the film, the cat in the tree, the yeah. you eating all the guinea pigs. Yeah. All that's they're, they're all straight from the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm. I gave your books. I told you I gave your books to Cat uh, to Sean, Sean Marshall Cat Power. Melted my brain. Who uh, <laughs> who whose son loves loves him because uh, I had the box and I'm like, I get this. I get the script. Do I need to read all the books or can I give this to somebody that's got kids? And all my brother's kids are too old. And then I went to Florida uh, and I and I met Sean for the first time. We had lunch. He had this kid, and I said, I think this is the kid the right age. I think I have the books here. And I sent him, and he loved him. Oh, that's great! There you no, go. That's great. I, I mean, that's 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 what's so weird now. It's yeah. like you know, I love um, chance music. And, oh yeah, and it's just like the, the, knowing now because the books are so far. Like it's it's thirty million copies now. I think. Oh my god! And it's like you just. Just don't know whose house these books are in now. You know that's most. <laughs> it's that's such a strange feeling, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a thrill, and it also just does my head in too sometimes. But well, that you're putting good things into the kids' brains. I I like that idea. I like that. Did idea. it feel like weird though? I mean, did you like? Did you feel there was a responsibility to it? I guess you got an editor, but I mean, yeah. Uh, look, it. it this is the thing. It's I wanted to do books because the the whole idea to do the 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 other impulse that drove the bad guys is some of the books the kids get sent home from sent home from school with yeah are so boring yeah that um i the initial impulse was i saw my youngest kid losing interest in ever wanting to learn to read he would bring this stuff home and go this just sucks can yeah. i just can i just play the xbox please right and the idea the impulse came from that's what changed everything was the idea of all well, could you write a book that is as much as much fun for a kid as a as a video game yeah. or, a, or a movie or a TV show? Yeah, that, and that's 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 that was what drove the first right. installment. And so the movie sort of captures that as well. It's yeah. good pace to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's exciting, right? Yeah. Now, that, do I, you are you a revered child's book writer now? Are you in there up there with like uh, I, I, some of the other ones? Are I, you like? I don't know. I don't know. Do how you go that, to? Do you go to special events where yeah. they have you got awards for writing children's no, books? No, I, I I got awards early up, and then then they got popular, and then the the awards dried up. But oh. I, I can live with that. I can live with the awards. None of the up. little uh, gold stickers on the books. Yeah, I, look, uh, the, the, that that happened. The gold stickers <laughs> happened in Australia initially, but I I kind of got reticent about it because I know that I don't know. It just felt like somehow that in, there's cases where that can make a book seem like less fun to a kid, and I. I always wanted books to 
if the, again, like the video game thing, wanting kids to associate books with fun, yeah, which seems it seems really counterintuitive in this era, but that's what I that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I don't know. Is do you it, like the music they pick for the movie? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it good? So good, so good. That opening, the opening sequence, the opening chase sequence is one of the best things ever in an animated film. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. so. Exciting. So now you're going to go back to acting for a bit, or no? <laughs> <laughs> I got. They asked me during the production. <laughs> you so, would you want to do a little cameo? And it was. It made me want to. I vomited in my own mouth. It was just so <laughs> such a terrible thought. Oh god. Yeah. Well, it seems like you landed on your feet. <laughs> Done all right. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Good talking to you, man. Oh. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. That was Aaron Blaby, the creator of the Bad Guys books and also producer on the film uh, that I'm in. I play Mr. Snake. It opens tomorrow, April 22nd. Whew. New York City, man. Had Veselko last night. The full fucking ride. Borscht, pierogies, the beet horseradish salad, some uh, kasha with gravy. Ooh, man. Boomer lives! Monkey La Fonda. Cat angels everywhere, that's for sure. Angels in general. No music. Roading it. Oh,